Welcome to Around the Writer's Table, a podcast focusing on the crossroads of creativity, craft, and conscious living for writers of all ages and backgrounds. Your hosts are Gina, Melody, and Kimbu, three close friends and women of a certain age who bring to the table their eclectic backgrounds and unique perspectives on the trials, tribulations, and the joys of writing. So pull up a chair and get comfortable here around the writer's table. Welcome back, everyone, to Around the Writer's Table podcast. I'm your host today, Melody A. Scout. I help my clients find their sense of home by restoring balance and harmony to their lives through plant spirit medicine and my book, Soul of the Seasons, Creating Balance, Resilience, and Connection by Tapping the Wisdom of the Natural World, which is available at most online bookstores. And you can check out my podcast at souloftheseasons.com, but it's hyphenated between each word. Don't make me spell (laughs) that out. (laughs) It's already been a morning, <laughs> listeners, just to trust us on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, the links are on our website, so you can go click on that. I'm also a landscape designer and a lifelong gardener. I love all things plants, and including the natural world. I'm just cool. Anyway, <laughs> with me. <laughs> we know that already. <laughs> the listeners might not. Um <laughs> But joining me this morning is, of course, Kim Boo. Kim Boo, introduce yourself this morning. I can do that. I've had enough coffee, so it's possible. Uh, I am a novelist and productivity coach for authors. I love writing and talking about writing and helping other writers write. I also run the One Million Words Club membership community uh, for productivity and accountability for writers that just launched in January of 2024. And uh, that's just to help people with their creative progress. And that's who I am. So I'm going to pass the baton on to Miss Gina. Hello, co-hosts, ladies, listeners. Glad to be here today. I'm Gina Hogan-Edwards, and I am passionate about supporting women, uh, finding their voices, leaning into their creativity, getting words on the page. And I'm also reminded to tell you that I am a writer, too. I write (laughs) historical fiction. Yes, you do. Just in case you forgot, Gina. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, and both of these, uh, my co-hosts have, um, uh, the word escapes me, but you can subscribe to their services, and they offer lots of really cool things in freebies. Oh, you must be talking about our Substack, yes, our that newsletters, <laughs> and Ream. You can get our fiction writing on Ream, so you've got a you got a lot of ways to sign up and follow yes. us. Yep. That's yep, exactly that's right. We Excellent. should mention that more and often. we have all these links. <laughs> we have so many links. Yes, because, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, wow. <laughs> They'll be in the show notes, listeners. You don't have to keep <laughs> up with this. Please, They'll be in the show yeah. notes. <laughs> right. So anyway, Melody, hey, what are we talking about today? Oh, well, we're continuing with uh, the creativity quest and the subject we're working on this uh, episode is the V in the creativity cycle, verifying and testing. And since this is uh, Gina's 
mastermind project and brilliant. I'll let her tell us more about verifying and testing and what that means in the creative writing process. Thank you, Melody. I appreciate that. So just to recap a couple of things, in case you happen to be a brand new listener, we started talking about the Creativity Quest back on episode 18. So if you haven't listened to those previous episodes, we've talked so far about one, two, three, four, five, six previous stages, guideposts, milestones um, of the creative process. And these are basically a model that I've come up with from working with my clients as a creativity coach and as an editor, uh, witnessing the processes that they have gone through in terms of living into their creative life. And also a good bit of this has come from some of my own experience. Um, We've talked so far about, uh, if you have listened, you might have recognized that there's an acronym going on here. So we're using the word creativity. Each one of the guideposts begins with each letter in the word uh, creativity. So we are up to V right now. And the first five stages of the creativity quest are mostly inner work. The next five stages are mostly outer work. And there's a lot of reflection going on here in terms of some of these Uh, stages or guideposts being reflective of one another, but having that unique characteristic of being either primarily inner or outer. So today our topic is verifying and testing, and the mirror of that is what we talked about um, three episodes ago called assessing and acknowledging. And so verifying and testing and assessing and acknowledging include a lot of the same sorts of challenges. So the assessing and acknowledging is the inner aspect of when our creative voice is really starting to show up and we're starting to do a little bit of review of what it is that we've learned so far and recognizing the growth that we've done and the growth that we still have to do. Um, That stage isn't really a popular stage because sometimes we do see that we have a little ways to go yet. Um, And so getting through that stage really requires a lot of of self-honesty and observation of yourself. There may be some fears of judgment if you have begun to share your work with others. Sometimes there can be some uh, cocooning or not sharing because of fear. And so the reflection then of that assessing and acknowledging to bring us to where we are today in talking about verifying and testing, once again, the, our, our boundaries are going to need to be checked. We have an episode specifically on boundaries, if that is an issue for you. But in verifying and testing, and in this stage, we really are putting ourselves out into the world in a bigger way looking at how others may be testing us, looking at how we can test ourselves in terms of our skills. So the the alliances and the allegiances and the supporters that we have really get verified at this stage. And we begin to filter out those people who um, just don't understand what it is that we're doing or choose not to understand. Um, This 
This stage, this guidepost could also be called validating your strengths and your supporters. So you're, you're really more openly living into your creative life and the values and beliefs that are the foundation of your being. Um, you may, like I said, be sharing your work more. You may be involved in some critique groups or maybe getting peer feedback. And also because you're putting your work out into the world more at this stage, your family and friends may start seeing what you're doing. And so there can be a lot of judgment at this stage and it, that can be really kind of uncomfortable for a lot of people. And just like that assessing and acknowledging stage that I mentioned, there could be some things that occur at this stage that sort of kick you back into some of the other stages. And the one that we tend to repeat most often is the one that we very first talked about at the beginning of the discussions that we've had about this cycle called carrying inner disquiet. Um, and because fear of judgment is really relevant at this guidepost, that can really kick you back into that caring inner disquiet stage. So I've talked a lot, ladies. Mm. Tell me a little bit about what your impressions are about this stage thus far. And then I'm going to have a couple questions for you here in a minute. Uh, I was thinking, well, you know, one of the things that brought it to mind was a couple episodes ago, we were talking about how on the this journey, you're we're going from kind of an, an internal uh quest an internal process to an external one where we're dealing with external mm -hmm. issues and i think this really resonates with that because we are dealing with skepticism criticism and that that can be internal like we've talked about that you know but um in this particular case it is uh, mm -hmm. about setting those boundaries so the, it was kind of like the just me thinking about boundaries and and how we interact with other people and what we take in from the external. So I don't really have any great insights, but those were just some of the thoughts I was thinking while you were talking based on some of the stuff that we've talked about in the past. Yeah. So you really get to try out your skills in a very mm -hmm. visible way at this stage. Um, and like I said, that's, that's where the possibility for that judgment comes in. And as uncomfortable as this stage or this guidepost can be for folks, retreating back into the carrying inner disquiet really comes up a lot. Um, you know, we sort of talked about it as the beginning of the cycle, um, but it's a really familiar stage in that we've got this longing, we've got this desire, but we are not in a, in a place of actually creating. And so it's really easy to kind of carry that kind of pain if we're familiar with it, that kind of, you know, you got this longing, but you're not answering it. That can sometimes be easier for us to carry than this uh, discomfort mm -hmm. that's coming from mm -hmm. external sources. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And uh, for myself, I know I've mentioned this in previous podcasts, is uh, my one of my learning lessons is knowing myself well enough to know who and where and when to ask for external mm -hmm. feedback. Mm -hmm. Yes, sister. 
because it's easy. We call it in, in um, plant spirit medicine, we call it throwing the water on the fire. Too much water on the fire, as you know, puts it out. And when I come with my baby, my written project to someone, it's a vulnerable moment. And it requires a lot of courage for me to uh, not just put it out there. Sometimes I can put it out there, post it online and just like, okay, let it go. And people will comment if they will, whatever. Uh, but when I hand it over to some one person or a small group for feedback, um, it can be a very vulnerable space to be in. So I'm not normally real thin-skinned, but I I know that I need also need to be in the space to receive whatever they have to give. I personally like direct feedback. I don't care for mm, someone who's trying so hard to be um kind that that they've not mm -hmm. given you clear yeah, yeah. and good feedback mm -hmm. okay you said a lot of things i don't know what that <laughs> means or how it applies to my work um <laughs> so i do appreciate that but uh i had a couple of incidences this in the last few weeks actually about you know one involved handing a story off that I was considering submitting it and the person who is a writer I want to say in the early stages I believe it's really important to share your work with someone who understands the writing process uh it, I did that with my book uh in the early stages and um one of the people didn't understand the concept, so they criticized the concept, uh, not understanding it was a work in process. Uh, mm -hmm. Another person, even though I didn't ask for proofreading, they got so bogged down in my, um, well, I'm grammatically <laughs> challenged. Just let's just say that right out the bat. <laughs> and uh, basically said, I had to stop reading because there were too many commas. Uh. And I'm like, what? Okay. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so, know, know yeah. who you're giving it to would be, um, yes. and know yourself and what you need. Because as I spoke about earlier, once I just needed a cheerleader. I really didn't need anybody to right. critique it. And this recently, I did need a critique, but what was offered was an opinion mm on what kind of writing or the target audience should be, which was not yeah. my aspiration. And that did not land mm -hmm. well with me. However, I have enough faith in my work to know, you know, yeah. to get beyond that. I didn't allow it to set me back. A lot of new writers, though, that could really set somebody in like, okay, not picking up that pen again. Mm hmm. And I've seen that happen far, mm -hmm. far, far too many times. Uh, you know, I think, uh, Melody, you've got a, a level of um, a track record, if you will, of what I mentioned, 
sort of in passing earlier was uh, observation of self, you know, really paying attention to how you respond to things, knowing what you need, really, really knowing yourself. And that is so important through the entire creative process. Um, one of the things that this guidepost, that this stage truly, truly reveals is mm-hmm. who we can trust and who we, it reveals to us who we can go to for different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you said that what you, what you received recently wasn't what you were wanting at the time, but now you know what that person can offer you. And when you do need what they had to offer this time, there may be another time when you need that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, really helping us to understand what our, the people who are in our lives, uh, how they can show up for us and how they can support us or not. Uh, This is really a stage of just more openly living into your creative life and those values and beliefs that are going to be the foundation of that life. It's much much more open living. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So some of the questions that I have for you sort of revolve around how you have kind of navigated these intensified external challenges, like the criticism and the skepticism, Mm -hmm. maybe, um, when you've gone through this verifying and, and testing stage, and maybe what kind of strategies that you could suggest to listeners for developing and um, most importantly, maintaining some some resilience and some boundary holding skills while they're living into that uh, creative life that they're trying to create for themselves. So, um, Kimbu, well, I mean, you know, you the first. standard advice is just to have an enormous ego and be very arrogant because <laughs> <laughs> some <laughs> call it confidence. <laughs> confidence. Yes, it, mm-hmm. it's a so anyway, it, it, but I think you're right, Melody. It, it is confidence. It, and a lot of people, you know, the, the, myth, the mythology that's around writing in general and writers and being editors and editors is so storied and hard to uh, fight against sometimes. And, you know, the, well, you said something earlier, Melody, like you have a thick skin and so many times... I've heard over the years, like, well, if you're going to be a writer, you need a thick skin. Well, why do you need a thick skin? Well, you know, it's you know, kind of question the premise a little bit and go back. Well, because editors are going to rip your stories apart. And I'm like, but do they need to? Like, is that is that really <laughs> is that necessary? Um, you know, maybe uh, with with some authors, it's very necessary, especially if they're new. But it's such a challenge to come into that kind of environment and say with confidence and then other people turn around and say well you're just arrogant and I think a lot of newer writers deal with that a lot and by new writers I of course mean me (laughs) um I've talked before about how my my mother was my uh, most original and harshest editor right I think by the time I got to sharing my writing in public, I was very much confident in my abilities. Not that I didn't know that I needed to learn a lot more, uh, but I got to the point where I was entering that area and 
I'm, I'm, I've got a point to make here that ties into to, um, this whole topic of, you know, criticism and, and verifying and testing. And that is that I was prepared to fight for my writing. I was prepared to say, no, I'm a good writer. And the reverse for me was that I put up too many walls and I didn't listen to good advice when I got it. And that, that was uh, you know, kind of, I'm always throwing, turning things topsy-turvy for you, Gina, when you're asking these questions, because I come to it for such a different background. But I've had, when it came to verifying and testing, I had to like go all the way around. I had to go all the way around back to the beginning of beginner's mind to accept that, you know, maybe not everything they're saying is helpful or good for my vision, but they might really have something important to tell me and that I should shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's been coming back around to being more open about that. And one of the things I learned on that journey was that everybody has good advice. Like everybody has good advice. It may not be the advice you need to hear right now. It, it may not be advice that particularly mm -hmm. applies to a specific story or a specific work. It may be something that doesn't apply to your writing at all, but I, every time I deal with an editor, I come away with something of value. Even if I feel like they've completely missed the point of my writing, they don't understand what I'm doing, they, they don't like my commas or whatever. Like there, <laughs> there may be other things that they do have insight on that can be of value. And I really had to come back and circle back around to that and learn that, you know, in the verifying and testing world of this is opening the borders a little bit, not just keeping strong borders, but putting a few mm. gates in there so people can come and go. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, yeah. put, a little, put a little road signs uh, stall there or something like, um, so that I could learn from the experience. So that's, that was really what I was thinking of. That's, that's really interesting. Not having boundaries that are so mm. rigid that you can't um, mm -hmm. see beyond them. Yep, that was me. Yeah. Hi, my name is Kimbu. <laughs> woman of boundaries, boundaries. big tall walls that are very thick yeah yeah that was yeah uh, that was speaking in my 30s like <laughs> yeah. when I, I might have to write a a, bar, a blog post on that when your boundaries yeah, become barriers yes, that's exactly what yes. happened that's exactly what happened that's a that's a really good one um i do have to this is a little bit of an aside but it relates to what you were saying honestly i had um a little bit of a cringe reaction there when you were talking about editors ripping your pages <laughs> apart because and i think this is really important for our listeners to to remember is that um and i'm coming to you from the perspective of both a writer and an editor is that how important it is to find an editor that suits your needs mm. because your editor is your ally, not your enemy. Your, your editor is not there to rip apart what you have written in terms of like destroying it, which is kind of the, you know, the connotation of that. They are there to help you make it better. But so, I, I will say this, I will say this, I think in, not that I'm disagreeing with you, I absolutely agree with you, but I think mm -hmm. in, 
the legends of great writers and great editors, especially when, like in yes. the mid 20th century, the, the legend was the vicious, mean editor who's going to come in and rip everything mm -hmm. apart. You know, I think that gets people on the defensive when they when they think about that and they don't hear the stories of people working collaboratively with their editor towards a vision, which yes. is ideally what should be happening and what I think most of the time does happen. I certainly know that's how you work with your clients, Gina. And I've had been fortunate enough to work with you and other editors where that was true as well. But man, that that mythology hangs heavy over writers, I think. Yes. And I think that that's the root of the common belief yeah. that that's what mm -hmm. an editor is going to do. It's just, they're just going to tear, tear to pieces what it is that you have written. And so you've got to be on the defensive. And while it is it is necessary for us to be able to defend our work. It should not be necessary for you to be defensive mm. about it. Mm. We're coming away sense? with the great Bon Mots in this, this episode. That's good. <laughs> yeah. And I also wanted to clarify one thing about the whole um, tough skin thing. Because uh, so, I didn't mean to imply that I have a thick skin. Um, I don't. And I, it, I do not aspire, you know, to be emotionally uh, the equivalent of a sun-dried turd, you know, <laughs> where <Quality>. everything <laughs> bounces and, you know, affects me, not whatsoever, not true. I think the word that works for me is resilience. Yes. And so, yeah, it didn't, it, you know, it did not feel good when people gave me feedback that wasn't relative or that was harsh mm -hmm. or um, just wasn't what I needed. It did not feel good to me. However, I do, I took a moment and then I reflect again to recenter on why I was writing. What's my vision about for this project? Why I was writing it, my passion about it, um, to that helped me recenter. And then knowing the truth of what I was writing, because as mm. you were both saying, I know when to def it's that way. I know when to defend my work and when to become vulnerable to suggestions that can help improve mm. it. Nice. Yeah. 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 Being clear yeah. on that vision for mm -hmm. what you have for your writing and, and really knowing why you started this writing project, reconnecting with that passion that started you on the project to begin with. I think those are all really good um, strategies, good reminders, uh, and good tools for being resilient. And I do love mm -hmm. that word resilience. It's why it's in the title of my book. <laughs> I mean, yes, I yes. think that is the mo one of the most important qualities of getting through anything challenging um, and mm -hmm. worthwhile to you. Anything, mm -hmm. indeed, mm -hmm. indeed. So we've we've shared some really good uh, both experiences of what this stage can feel like and some tools for our readers. So I think that we can sort of wrap this conversation up and let the listeners know that we've got a worksheet that oh, that's goes right. with this that's right. and, uh, discussion would, of the guidepost. I would we do like that to, for each one. to just ask you just a couple of little aside, Gina. So what, 
why are you creating these worksheets? What is what is uh, the project that all this is part of? Um, maybe perhaps talk about a little bit. At some point in the near future. She loves it when I pin her to the wall. <laughs> the creativity quest. Yes, indeed. Um, thank goodness you do. I probably wouldn't get anything done. Uh, the creativity quest will at some Yay. point be a book. And so I'm writing about that on my um, Substack publication, which is called Gina's Quill. So you can kind of get a sneak peek into a further discussion of each one of these guideposts. Um, Actually, beginning this month and and through the the year of 2024, I'll be talking about one guidepost each month, and then hopefully, ultimately, taking all of that, elaborating on it a little bit more, along with the discussions that we have had here, which have greatly informed my like my language yeah. around this uh, this whole concept, this model, and hopefully in 2025 Yay, there'll woo! be a book. Yes, awesome. Yay. So. Anyway, wrapping up the episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. So <laughs> in our next episode, we are going to continue to talk about verifying and testing, but within the framework of what Melody writes about in her book, which is the seasons that we experience. And I believe that we originally <laughs> had talked about verifying and testing being equated with sort of the the seasons of spring and fall. And I'm not going to say anything more about that. So y'all will listen to the <laughs> Tune next in episode. next time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. All right. <laughs> so be sure and visit our website at aroundtheriderstable.com where you'll find some additional resources, links to some of the things that we've talked about. You'll find that worksheet that we've mentioned. Be sure and leave us a comment. Leave us a review if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of the other platforms. Be sure and give us a thumbs up because that certainly helps us with helping other writers discover that we're out there. And thank you because for listening. We're needy and we need <laughs> need your approval. So <laughs> help us out. We need you to verify that we exist. <laughs> <laughs> anyway thank you so much readers and drop by our website definitely leave us a comment and we appreciate you so talk to you next time bye bye till next time thanks for joining us around the writer's table please feel free to suggest a topic or a guest by emailing info at aroundtheriderstable.com music provided with gracious permission by Langtree a link to their music is on our homepage at AroundTheWritersTable.com. Everyone here around the Writers Table wishes you joy in your writing and everyday grace in your living. Take care until next time. <laughs>